If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Show Radio's thought for this week is called Leadership in Devolved Nations, and it starts with a cartoon conversation between two Highland cows in the Times on Thursday, the 16th of February, following Nicola Sturgeon's resignation announcement. First Highland cow. Oh, she was so human, so articulate, so dominant, so confident, so formidable. Second Highland cow. Aye, and for most of the time, so wrong. Two of the devolved nations of the United Kingdom have featured strongly in the media over the past week. Scotland, with the resignation of Nicola Sturgeon, and Northern Ireland, as Irishi Sunak struggles to find a way through the Brexit protocol. The nation which didn't get much of a look-in, but which, in my view, thoroughly deserves it, is Wales. So in this commentary, following a brief resume of the chagrin of Nicola Sturgeon and a brief return to the question of Great Britain's as opposed to the United Kingdom's identity, we'll take a look at one of the most far-sighted pieces of Welsh legislation which should be embedded in every national and international constitution throughout the world the Well-Being of Future Generations Act. Here are the opening two paragraphs on its webpage. The Well-Being of Future Generations Act requires public bodies in Wales to think about the long-term impact of their decisions, to work better with people, communities and each other, and to prevent persistent problems such as poverty, health inequalities, and climate change. The Act is unique to Wales, attracting interest from countries across the world as it offers a huge opportunity to make a long-lasting, positive change to current and future generations. But first, let's start with the rather abrupt closure of Nicola Sturgeon's reign in Edinburgh. Many people had deep respect for her leadership acknowledged in the quotation above from the Times. In contrast to their chaotic series of events in Westminster over the past couple of years, she seems to have had a steady hand on the tiller, a determined sense of direction, and to respect people from all walks of life. But she was indeed, as the Highland Cow said, so wrong for most of the time. It may be that we should from time to time share oversight of a union with Edinburgh and Cardiff as well as Westminster, but we absolutely should not break the union of Great Britain. Meanwhile, the ridiculous spectacle of her committing Harakiri over the issue of trans-identity 
only to have it ridiculed still further by putting someone in the wrong prison, was clearly an example of judgment going walkies. So, we will hopefully see the end of that challenge to the Union, but not, I suspect, to the Irish challenge. As we wrote on the 17th of May 2021, it's time to place the emphasis on being British, and that means looking seriously at the logic for and democratic dynamics of the six counties of Northern Ireland. The Republic of Ireland has developed real momentum as a nation whose economic strategy has found the right balance within the European Union, something that we in Britain could never have accepted. One such example is the recent AstraZeneca decision to choose Ireland in preference to Britain for its new manufacturing facility. So, let's not get too strung up about finding long-term solutions to this intractable trade issue, with one border which is physical but non-existent, while the other is artificially imposed across the Irish Sea. Let's instead start planning for a united Ireland, when the population feels ready to vote for it, which is not that far away. Wales, on the other hand, is streaks ahead of both Westminster and Edinburgh when it comes to strategic thinking, and with the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, they are setting an example for all of us, not just nationally, but globally. As its summary says, it gives the ambition, permission and legal obligation to improve the social, cultural, environmental and economic well-being for the long-term future. That's constitutional in character. And as we said last week, it should be embedded in constitutions the world over. It's already been law in Wales for the past eight years. It's also general in its application. Everyone today can see its logic in relation to climate change, but the legislation goes so much further. It provides a constitutional basis for intergenerational rebalancing, and it recognises the degree to which modern society impacts the future so much more than those generations which preceded us covering prosperity, resilience, health, economic justice, community cohesion, cultural identity, and the environment. It's the right way to start tackling the challenge of discounting the future, to which Nicholas Stern devoted so much focus in his 2006 review. So, hats off to Mark Drakeford and his colleagues in the Welsh Senate you are providing the real long-term leadership for our devolved nations. And I hope that Westminster will soon recognise the significance of your constitutional example in order to provide equivalent legislation for the whole of Great Britain. And may it continue to attract interest across the world for the benefit of future generations. <laughs>